welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding Draft Picks Edition. I'm your host, Sarah Reed, and with me, I have a new co-host. Who do I have with me? Jacob Kuhn. Welcome. Thanks uh, for letting me join you. This is um, crazy that I'm doing this, but I'm excited and looking forward to seeing how utterly destroy me. <laughs> well, I am glad that you volunteered to uh, be massacred. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm glad you have volunteered for this because the Draft Picks Edition has always been something Jeff and I have really felt strongly about, but because of a lot of scheduling conflicts, Jeff and I haven't been able to do it for a while. So I'm really looking forward to picking this back up and uh, getting to know you a bit. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this as well. It's going to be fun. All right. Before I continue or to continue on, we have a Patreon supporter who is sponsoring this uh, episode of the Draft Picks, and it is Michael Mendez. Thank you very much for your support and support of all us geeks. It's very much appreciated. And I guess we should go over some rules because uh, it has been a while. So for the draft picks, Jacob and I each will pick five new tabletop game projects, crowdfunding projects. And the projects have to have at least 20 or have 20 or more days left or launched within the last 14 days. And of course, it has to be unfunded because the purpose here is to help bring attention to these projects that need help. And we're going to take turns revealing our projects and matching them up against each other. And if we both pick the same project in a round, uh, it'll be negated. Uh, nobody gets a point, but we'll still track it, except for we have a franchise pick. So when one of us goes first, we can declare before saying what the project is, what our franchise pick is. So then if the other person picks the same game, the first person who franchised it will actually get points for it. And for points, we will be scoring on whether the project funds, uh, which one raised the to most total money, uh, which one had the most percentage over the goal, and who had the highest number of backers. And so we'll be tracking these over time, and when projects finish, we'll wrap those up and let you know about the points. So since, Jacob, since you're new to this, I'm going to be nice and let you go first. I'm still not sure if this is being nicer. <laughs> you just want me to waste a franchise pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering what your motives are here, but I'll go first anyway. Okay. So this is my franchise pick. And I'm going to go with Train Heist. Ooh, well, I did have that as one of my picks, so you get the points for it. I don't, so why don't you tell us about the project? All right, Train Heist was started on March 15th, and it goes until April 14th. It's asking for 17000 but that's Canadian, so I have no idea what that is in any other denomination. It's something less than that for U.S. dollars. And then right now, it's just made it under the wire. It's at uh, 96%. Funding uh, it's at like sixteen thousand three hundred uh, as of this recording. So let me tell you about the game a little bit. It's a cooperative game where you are working to rob a train and deliver the goods to the town. So it's essentially Robin Hood and his merry men, but in the old west. In order to rob the train, you have to use cards with numbers and symbols, kind of like poker style, to match the passengers, and that will allow you to take their goods. But the coolest part for me about this game is that the train moves around the map every turn. And so you have to kind of time your movements in order to get on the right car and to get off at the right spot. And uh, there's a tunnel, so you don't want to be on top of the train because, well, that's just a bad idea. So there's a lot of planning in this, uh, and it just seems like a really cool game. And you have to also watch out for the, the sheriff and the event cards that will move the sheriff or switch which direction the train's going at a track switch. So the base pledge is 46 Canadian or th around 36 U.S. 
for the base game. So it's looking like it'll fund any hour now. Yeah, that looks like a really cool one. And I am very partial to meeples. So the fact that the horse and the cowboy meeples are so unique, the cowboys can actually ride the horses. So you can actually put two of the cowboy meeples on a horse. And I think that I just love that. That's I mean, I love the game too, but that's just awesome. Yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, wait, what? The cow, they're actually fitting? No way. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. All right. That's cool. I'll give it to them. Yeah. And I literally did not pledge for this yet purely because I was worried it was going to reach it by that hour, but I, I will be backing this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is really close. I have no doubt that you're going to make points off of this one. All right, let's move to round two. I am going to go with my franchise pick, so we'll see how this goes. I am picking the best treehouse ever. Yeah, I definitely had that one on my list. Yeah, it's uh, it's one I've been tracking for a while. There's been a lot of posting on Twitter about it, plus I back Green Couch's previous game, Fidelitas, so I knew that they were a good company to follow, plus it's Scott Alms who has done a lot of great games. So they're looking for 15000 and they're currently at 9,543. So it's looking good, especially since it just launched uh, yesterday, yesterday being uh, Friday the 20th. And they've got 464 backers. The percentage funded is 63. So they're on a good track. It is going to end April 18th. So you got plenty of time to hop on that. And the great thing is, it's $16. It's, it's a very easy price point to get in on. So let's talk a little about the game. It is a card drafting game where you get to build a treehouse. I just think that's fantastic. I've always wanted to have a treehouse. I never had a treehouse. I was always envious of those who did. The cool thing about this is you get to pick which rooms go into your treehouse. And you have to make sure you don't tip it over. So there's a uh, spatial balancing factor as well as there's the drafting of you get a hand of cards. You look at them, you take one, and you pass it on to the next person. So you have to be careful what your opponents are doing, but then you really need to focus on what's going to work best for you. And it's really light, plays in like three rounds. Um, I don't know exactly the timing, but it seems like it's going to be, oh, there it is, 20 to 30 minutes. Two to four players, ages 10 and up, so it's going to be a really nice, light game. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I also backed Fidelitas and uh, Jason Katarski. I love uh, Great Heartland Hauling Company. I mean, that's him as a designer, but I have faith in him as a publisher as well. And then, well, it's Scott Alms, so he does, well, yeah. pretty much everything <laughs> small. And then Adam McIver, the artist, I don't know how he does so many different styles in the way that he does. but it, I it, know. It's incredible. It is amazing. And you can't like look at a game and say, I know that's his. You hear and then you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Wow. that That's his? But it's amazing. But it's his? I had no idea. He's really good at that. Yeah. The versatility. This whole team, this is just a fantastic team. I have no doubts about how this is going to go. It's just a... Yeah, team, for I sure. Guess you could say. <laughs> My only disappointment with this game is uh, shipping to the EU, which is an issue with almost every project. But it's twelve dollars on top of the sixteen, so you know it's almost doubling it. Yeah. But I'll probably still back it. I'd like to support good companies and good yeah. people. So agreed. All right, round three. I'm gonna go with Valeria Card Kingdoms. 
Okay, well, sadly, I picked that one too, so this one is a wash. As Jacob and I were kind of discussing before we started recording, we have a feeling we're going to overlap on a lot this time, but that's okay. Uh, this is our first time going, and we'll see how it goes. All right. Okay, so Valeria Card Kingdoms was launched on March 10th. It goes until April 9th, and they are looking for $14,000. Currently are right around 88% um, with 12300 and they have 288 backers. So the way this game's been described is basically Machi Koro, but good. And it has a better theme, in my opinion. The mechanism looks like it's more flushed out, and the art is way better, in my opinion. The art's amazing. But I've also heard other people say don't compare it to Machi Koro because it is so much beyond that. Machi Koro is uh, kind of an entry-level game, and it seems like this one, you can play it with new players, or new to the hobby players, but it can also be played with people who have been playing board games for a long time because it has enough strategy and techniques and tactics you have to account for during the game. So uh, it looks really cool and it's sure to fund and uh, hopefully it'll reach some awesome stretch goals as well. Yeah, that one sounds really cool. I'm with you. It seems like it's a little bit meatier, but not too much so. And I'm with you. The, I'm, I'm a fantasy fan, so the art really speaks to me. Although I have to say that Bane Spider is really <laughs> creepy, but that I guess is kind of par for fantasy it's a little bit the monsters are going to get a little creepy yeah and they definitely do this guy also did another game that i backed on kickstarter that just left me as to what game it was called but it was about vikings Ah. and the art on there is just incredible as well i think he'll be used in a lot more games upcoming but seems like a really cool game and i'm sure they'll do well yep all right so let's go to round four and see if we both pick this I'm going to go with Wizards Academy. Uh, Surprise. Yep, me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so another wash on this one. This is another cooperative game, but it's very, well, I feel like it's kind of heavy. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you got to know what you're getting into. But it's about magical experimentation. It has lots of minis. It has like 40 minis. So this is a big game. Plays two to six players. You are all students trying to save the academy. But you're not really sure about your magic yet. You're still learning. So you're trying to figure out how to defeat these monsters. But then you might actually go and do something a little wrong. And so instead of defeating a monster, you summon another one. So there's a lot of depth to this. And the artwork is really nice. I mean, I wouldn't say it was outstanding, but it's that typical fantasy artwork. So I think it's very good. But what is really nice is the miniatures, the sculpts. Those turn out the way that they look. Those are really detailed. And they look really good. I'm not typically a minis person, uh, but I definitely appreciate when they're done well. So this one's in euros, but one thing I was noticing, so I'm actually looking at the Kickstarter page, they've done a conversion rate. So it checks and sees that I'm in the U.S., and so it does the conversion rate for me. So in U.S. dollars, they're looking for 44,475, which is actually like 30,000 euros. They're currently at 22,975 U.S. dollars which is 15,248 euros. They have 255 backers. So they're at 52% funded. They launched uh, March 18th, so just a a few days ago. So we still got time because they don't end until April 17th. You like heavy heavy fantasy co-ops with minis? I think this is a good one to check out. Yeah, this is definitely a good one to check out. And the cool thing with the minis is if you're content with, like I am with just plastic minis, I, I don't really care what 
mine are really, then that comes with the game. But then if you want to pay a little bit more to get resin minis that you have to assemble and you can paint, then you can do that as well. So I like that they have that option so that I don't have to pay a ridiculous amount (laughs) to get minis that I will never paint because nobody wants to look at those things after I'm done painting them. Right. Because I also forgot to say that the basic pledge level to get the game is 50 euros, which is about 75 dollars, 75 US dollars. So it's a definitely a pricey game. Yeah, it is. But it's it's cool because of the one. I love the theme because it's essentially like the first year of first two years of Harry Potter, you know, where yeah. they're <laughs> casting these spells and that, oops, I accidentally set them on fire instead of <laughs> I don't even know what the other option would be, but something else. Right. Yes. So like that, that was really cool to me. Uh, and then there's kind of that, the memory aspect to it where you are gathering the glyphs and unlocking these spells, right. but they're not bound to you yet. Like you've learned it, you kind of remember, but you're not positive until you go and then you actually bind it to yourself. So I thought that was really cool. And then the fact that there's a bunch of scenarios and the, the board's oh, yeah. modular and it changes and it can even change in game if you want to, by casting some spells that are available. So it's really cool, and I'm looking forward to it. And it is playable solo, which you will learn uh, is something that I do quite often. So you have to play two characters, but uh, that's okay with me. Yeah, and I like that a lot. I mean, I don't play a lot of solo, but I like that co-ops, generally speaking, are good for solo play because then you can just play a couple characters and get this immersive, in-depth experience. So, yeah, I definitely like everything that you just said. It, it's it's expensive game, but it looks like it's definitely worth yeah. it. Yeah, and Ricky Royal likes it, so um, I'm on board because of that. <laughs> All right, and so for our last matchup, goes to you. Ed. Yep, and let's see. Can we get one that's not the exact same as someone else? Um, okay, let's that <laughs> So uh, this project is Birds of a Feather. And I'm guessing, no, no, we matched on all of them. (laughs) Yes, we did. Hey, at least we'll get points for our franchise That's right. Well, and I, you know, with this week, everything was funded or or close to. Most of these projects are, the best treehouse ever was, uh, no, Wizards Academy was the lowest one at 50%, but it just launched three days ago. So, I mean, there's a lot out there right now that's already way overfunded. So, anyway. All right, Birds of a Feather uh, was launched on March 10th. It goes until April 2nd. They're looking for 9,000 US dollars and they're currently uh, right around 7,500 and it's eight, that's about 83%. They have 270 backers and the base game is $19. So what this game is all about is it's a trick-taking game, kind of. And it's a set collection game, kind of. But it's really neither, but it's kind of both. And the way it works is pretty incredible. And it also has a very unique theme that I know a lot of people talk about. Oh, well, it's the same theme over and over again. Well, if you want a different theme, how about bird watching? That's what this game's about. So it's two to seven players, although Ricky Royal has come up with a solo variant. So in theory, I guess you could play it one to seven. And throughout the course of the game, you have birds from different locations and or habitats and you play one card down. And then you see that bird that you played and any other bird that is played in that round from the same habitat. So if I played a bird from the desert and three other people played desert birds, then I would get all, I would collect them without actually taking them and I would see all four of those birds. But then what's really cool is the second round. Those cards stay there, 
and you play another card and you can see the birds that were played in the round before and the birds that were played in that current round. So you really have to be thinking at least around ahead as to what you're playing and around back. So you're maximizing what, how many birds you're seeing, what birds you're seeing and trying to capture them because at the end, or not capture the birds, but see them. Because at the end, if you kept, if you've collected all the birds from a location, you get bonus points. Otherwise you get one point per bird that you've seen from that location. So it's definitely a unique game that uh, has a unique theme, and I've never seen a trick-taking slash set-collecting game like this. Yeah, that looks really, really unique, and uh, I can't say I care much about birds, but <laughs> I always appreciate, like you said, when someone tries twist mechanics so that they're different, and like you said, it, it's not exactly trick-taking, it's not exactly set-collection, but it, it it's kind of this mix, and then it has a unique theme, and... I just I appreciate the whole package about it, and I think that's interesting that he's come up with a solo variant. That you'll have to let me know how if you if you get this how how it plays. I'll have to look into it because that just seems kind of a little odd, but you never know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch the video. The video that Ricky Royal put up is on the main page, and so I'll have to watch that to see exactly how he did it. And he even did the print and play, and then found birds or pictures of birds from. Great Britain, because he's from the oh. UK. So, so he put his own birds in there that, so it kind of tied it into, you know, the British birds as well, which is kind of a cool idea as well. But I'll have to watch that video. I didn't check it out yet, but I think it, you know, this game could be played as an intro to some people, people who are used to trick taking. Uh, it'll, it'll break their minds a little bit at first, I'm sure, because of the whole card stay up for two rounds thing, but it yeah. doesn't seem like it's that difficult to learn. And it just seems like it should be a pretty quick and, and fun game that you could uh, carry with you pretty easily. Uh, definitely. All right. Well, now let's move on to shout outs. Did you have any shout outs uh, for this week? I do. Well, when we did our practice little recording to make sure that <laughs> we could actually do this thing, I picked Farspace Foundry as my the one pick. We just did one pick for that. So Farspace Foundry is almost funded. It is so close. It's looking for $25,000 as a goal, and it has like 21000 right now. Still 12 days to go, but it just didn't fit in the qualifications for games that we could pick. Uh, but it looks like a really awesome game. Great art again, Adam McIver. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and uh, just seems like a very another unique game where you are collecting ore, and you are then in the next phase, you are turning it into products. And so... It's got a rondelle, which if you know what a rondelle is, you know what it is. If you don't, it just confuses you. But <laughs> it looks like it utilizes it pretty interestingly. And it does technically play solo. I'm not sure how that'll work. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. But other than that, it goes up to four players. And it just looks like a really cool game. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I really hope that one gets funded because that does look really cool. All right, so for my shout-out, I'm going to do Wizards of the Wild. They've actually funded. They just funded, so otherwise it would have been one of my picks. They were looking for $18,000. they are at 18593 they got 579 backers, so they're doing fantastic. It's going to end April 9th. So what it is, it's a, a short card game, a card and dice game for two to four players. Basically, you are animal wizards. All the actual human wizards have disappeared, and now the familiars are left to vie for control over the forest. 
So you are rolling the dice, and you're trying to play your different spells, and you have different magical challenges as you go along. It reminds me a little bit of Seasons and how the mechanics work, but this is definitely a much lighter game than Seasons. I love the artwork. It's really, I wouldn't say cute, but it's kind of cute on one sense, but it's definitely got this full fantasy feel. It's just everybody's an animal. So I think that's really cute, and the great thing is it's it's only $16, um, so it's another one of those nice, affordable games to get and get to the table. Yeah, those seem to be the the new big thing on Kickstarter is the, the cheaper games that are, you know, between 10 to $30. It, yep. it, they seem to do really well. If that's the kind of game you're looking to, to publish on Kickstarter, you've got a better shot than yeah, most, I think. Definitely. It's, it's definitely easier to swallow for taking a risk on it if you're not sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I is that. Do you have any others? Uh, uh, the only other one I was looking at was uh, not actually a game, but Havzi's Dice. They uh, look yeah. incredibly awesome. I don't. Sounds weird, but I don't care about dice nearly as many people in the hobby apparently do. Yeah, I'm not big on dice. I don't know either. if I can justify paying twelve dollars. Actually, it'd be more with shipping for one set of dice. I mean, maybe had I done multiple sets, but regardless, if you like dice. Go check this. Oh, wait, it's already over. <laughs> but look, it'll be, it'll be over Aww. by the time this gets released. But, you know, maybe you can still contact and get them in on the, the back end of this. Yeah, those definitely look cool. And I have no idea what their plans are for retail release. But I think if they can, they're going to be very popular because I know the unique dice uh, patterns and things like that are really popular. And I'm also not big on dice, but I gotta say, those are really, really tempting. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure if you contact the, the project owner and say, hey, look, I just missed the project. I really want some of these. I'm pretty sure they'll sell you some. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. All right. Well, I think that's it for this time. I'm looking forward to hearing how you guys uh, like this. I'm really happy that we're going to be doing this. Uh, if there's any feedback you want to give us, you can find me on Twitter at EurogamerGirl. Otherwise, I'm on BGG at Silva Shadow, S-I-L-V-A-S-H-A-D-O. What about you, Jacob? I am pretty much everywhere as <laughs> Jacob J. Kuhn. It's uh, J-A-C-O-B-J-C-O-O-N. Twitter, BGG, Star Realms, Board Game Arena, everything's Jacob J. Kuhn. It's just easier for me to remember. Totally understand. I wish I had been more consistent in doing that, but I'm trying to going forward. <laughs> yeah, I used to use a different name, and I think I still use it on Xbox, but I don't ever play Xbox. So it's really the only place that I have a different name. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. And don't forget to go out there and pick a winner. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Indie Conquest, a blog helping indie board game designers succeed, providing useful resources from designing games, utilizing Kickstarter, and finally manufacturing and distributing your games. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.